0: Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to call on the spirits to join us here today. So I call out to the ancestors, and I ask them to gather round. I ask all of those who are good and true and beautiful to come to us, join us here today, to hear our gratitude for life, to hear our gratitude for the beauty around us, to hear our gratitude for our bodies and for our existence. So I call out to these ancestors to hear our gratitude and to join us on this day, to bring us the legacy of lives lived well, and to help us to learn from those who have gone before us. So I call out to you to gather round us, those who are listening now and those who will listen at any time, to help us spread across time and space that we might know our family, this true family of humanity. So with the ancestors gathered round, I extend, ask you each to extend your energy down. I extend my own down into the earth, and I call out to the earth to be with us here today. We call out to the earth to bring us the wisdom of groundedness and belonging, to the wisdom of the lineage of blood that keeps us here on this planet and interconnected with all living things. We call out to the earth below and give thanks to her for the wonder of her dreaming that brought life as we know it to this planet. We give thanks for all that has been, that has brought us to this moment, for all that is and for all that will be. We give thanks for everything that has made us who we are, those things that we understand and those that remain to be unwrapped, to find the gift within. So we give thanks to the earth for dreaming up a life where humans have a second chance, have an opportunity to begin again, and have an opportunity to be transformed by life itself. So we give thanks to the earth for connection and interconnection and ask for the beautiful being of the earth to be strong below us as we reach up to the sky, reaching all the way through the sky above you, out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos, allowing your energy to merge and connect with all of the heavenly bodies and to reach all the way out to the highest power of the universe and by whatever name you know that energy to call it down, bringing in blessing, bringing in protection and generosity and bringing in all the wisdom of the universe. Bringing in the energy that can support you, that you will find in life, the mentors that you need, the champions for your causes, and those who can assist you as you express yourself out in the world. So we call in the inspiration and the illumination necessary to do what we are called to do in this day, and we draw the sky energy down into our bodies And down in so it connects with the earth and drawing the earth energy up to connect with the sky. And we let these energies merge and blend within us to bring us into the exact perfect balance for ourselves in this day. And as we are so uh, revitalized by the energy of the earth and sky, let us call out to the energy of the heart. And to open that wonderful space of the heart, that incredible crucible for change within us that is able to hold the fiery passions of the chakras below and the clarity and cool, crisp, incisive thinking of the chakras above and to draw these energies into the heart and let them blend and merge and dance and be dynamic with each other, that we might come from that strange mix to know our soul's purpose. And may we find courage in the heart to live that purpose in this day. So with all these energies gathered round, I give thanks to the spirit help that is here for us, May they hold us well. May what needs to be said be said and what needs to be heard be heard. And may all these proceedings go forward in such a way that is good for all living things. So I give thanks to each of you that helped this show to grow and to be strong. I give thanks to Ken and Elaine and Deb for your offerings, your donations to the show. If you find this show meaningful to you in any way, not just happy meaningful, although that's lovely, inspired is good too, but also if you just feel moved or irritated or frustrated or, or provoked to ask a question by the show, that is also wonderful. And may you learn the most fundamental act of shamanism, which is to allow yourself to be motivated by the heart. May you let those movements in the heart motivate you into action. And to support the show in some way, share it with a friend, like us on Facebook or um, donate to the show, uh, do something to send me a question, do something to help the show to grow. For those of you that don't know, these sh- archives are available not only on the code com site, but also on iTunes and at its own site. WhyShamanismNow.com. And if you go to that site, you can click the donate uh, support button, and that will allow you to don't donate any amount of money, large or small. And every single bit of it is um, greatly appreciated because it all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. So we thank all of you for supporting the show. Today's show is about finding the roots of your authentic self for various reasons, um, last few weeks I've spent a lot of time, more time than I would like perhaps on the internet and there, um, I always notice things about the authentic self because this is, um, the beginning of my work, uh, the first workshop that spirit gave me to do back in the days when I didn't know, um, you know, my shamanic nose from my shamanic elbow, frankly, um was called Masks of Illusion and the Authentic Self. And so the authentic self and, and coming to understand who your authentic self is and what your soul's purpose is has always been at the heart of my shamanic work. It has been um, the point in a sense. Um, and so it, I, it always catches my eye, wherever it is. It, it catches my eye since it's been with me for now, now for decades. Um, and, and frankly, it's everywhere, like a bad rash on the Internet. I swear, it's absolutely everywhere. Everyone is offering up their two cents about how to live your authentic self. And I thought a lot about this. And then um, I was speaking with a student of mine uh, in this time frame. And she asked, how, how would she know her authentic self? Now, understand, there's a whole lot of people that ask me that in their very first call, or that is the issue they bring to their first shamanic healing session. But that's not where this woman was coming from. She was asking from a very deep place. She has been studying with me for years. She has succeeded in dismantling her false self. And in that emptiness, she's in a sort of a place of wondering um, from that emptiness. Now what? Um, When all those old motivations uh, are gone and we need to now simply be motivated by our authentic self, now what? And um, it was a very interesting um, moment of questions. And she said that when she was younger, she thought she was her body, which is pretty typical for most of us in our youth, and as she got older and kind of woke up to spirit, she thought she was her spirit and and admitted that she tended to sort of neglect her body um, and now now that she's knows she's not just her body or just her spirit, um, she admittedly is sort of wondering where where do I focus how 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 do I feel my authentic self so How do we find our authentic self? What are the roots of our authentic self? Are we our body? Yes. And. Are we our spirit? Yes. And. We will know our authentic self by the feeling of profound ordinariness that comes from experiences, from paying attention, from noticing Noticing an absolutely bone-shaking, bone-shakingly profound ordinariness. That feeling of, well, of course, how could it be anything else? How could I be anything else? I've never actually known anything but this. That's, that's the feeling of our authentic self. Not a bright, shiny path to the future, Not um, profound clarity about everything, but more a sense of inner illumination, of inner obviousness. It is not... um, We are so accustomed to drama. Um, We are so... Reading reading the books of people who, who... who frankly probably are taking some creative license with their story, so that it is a compelling and inspiring story. But at the same time, it sets us up to feel something other than profound ordinariness. The normalness of the truth of me. The normalness of the truth of you. This is, this is actually what authenticity feels like. So as humans... We lose this sense of this profoundly simple truth of who we are. Welcome to the world. This is what it is to be human. I didn't design it. It's just how it works. So we are our body. We are our spirit. We are all of it. Our authentic self is within all of it. To be human is to be the convergence of all of those things, all of those energies, whatever we want to call them. They're all very different. And yet to be human is to be the experience of all of these things merging together, not, dom- not letting one or the other dominate, but to be all at once. And the compass of that voyage, of course, is in the heart. And so our heart is also our authentic self. And it is only by having the courage to feel that we will gain the guidance of that compass in our heart. So the student said, you know, what am I? What is my authentic self? What is my authenticity? She said, I don't feel it. Well, if you've been living from your false self for decades, and most of us have here in America, certainly I'll speak just for us, but it's certainly not only happening in America. Nonetheless, I'll speak just for us. If you have been living from your false self, and you have, if you're a pretty much Western thinking contemporary person, then your false self is what feels familiar It feels rational. It feels practical. Given that, given that that's what you are programmed by, you know, decade after decade to feel within yourself, how would you know what your authentic self feels like? How would any expectation you have about that have any possible bearing on the reality of your authentic self? And yet at the same time, you must free your heart so that you can feel it, that profound sense of ordinariness, that profound sense of you remembering you. No angels, no trumpets, you know no glitter, no drama. You know, No..., oh, uh, amazing sense of being so incredibly special, but more of a deep, deep inner sense of yes, you right, you've always been here, thank you profound simplicity so if you've been living your false self and as I said most of us have, how, how, could, how could the feelings that you've been kind of programmed to feel for all these decades by your false self possibly prepare you to feel what it feels like to feel authentic So this expectation then that we get from our false self is actually one of the greatest hurdles, this expectation of what it would feel like. It's sort of like me and my Qigong practice. As I've said many times, I am just not one of those people who feels that Qi moving immediately. It took me years to feel anything. I mean, the only reason I kept doing Qigong is because, frankly, my blood Change. So I knew it was changing something, but I wasn't having ecstatic chi experiences. I'm actually like a grumpy Qigong practitioner because everybody else is oohing and on and tingling and this and that and the other thing, and I'm just over there practicing. So it's kind of like that, that I, I've continuously have to give up my expectations of what the movement of chi feels like in Qigong to actually have any feeling of the movement of chi. And this is very much like learning to feel what it feels like to feel authentic. And those expectations that we can't help but have from decades of living um, our false self is, is one of the greatest hurdles. Just as it is with journeying, our expectation of what the journey is going to be is one of our greatest hurdles. So, what are you going to do? What, do you, what, what are you going to do with that? Even if you have actually succeeded in dismantling your false self, what do you do? Go live your life. Make grand mistakes as long as they are new mistakes. Make humble triumph and cultivate friends who know you well enough to toast you mercilessly with bravado and humor and true love until you blush like a schoolgirl. Make mistakes. Celebrate your small triumphs. Let them be humble. Don't expect grandeur. Do what brings you joy. Risk what feels most certain. Put it on the chopping block. Risk the certainty in things. Scare yourself daily and let your authentic self sneak up on you and settle in. A sudden awareness of a presence that's always been there and yet somehow you lost track of until just now. Live your life in a way that your authentic self wants to live it with you. And so it sneaks up on you. Another hurdle, I think, in feeling our authenticity is that for many of us, we have lost our connection to the inner adventurer. That from a Taoist perspective, our life goes... um, Hand, they, uh, the adventurer and the ego in a positive sense, a healthy ego. So the ego identity person and the adventurer go hand in hand in the journey of life. And the ego is the, uh, part of you that keeps the eye on the prize, you know, focuses on the goal and gets you there. Dang it. You know, it, we got, we got something to do here. Let's go. That's the ego identity person. The adventurer is the one that gets distracted by the circuses in town by a love affair, by a beautiful little path leading off in the other direction, by an intuition, by a dream, by the exquisiteness of heartbreak, that the adventurer doesn't stick with the program. And that's what the adventurer has to give. The adventurer is the one that goes out to have the experiences that cultivate, that through having these experiences, cultivate within us the character that allows us to actually be the person who can do what our ego identity wants to go do. Our ego identity person, left utterly to its own devices, frankly, is pretty boring and creates a pretty boring person in the, all by itself. It's just not meant to do it alone. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not meant to do it alone. It's meant to do it hand-in-hand hand with the adventure. But when we've cut ourselves off from those adventures and really stayed the path, as we are cultivated to do here in America... Um, To stick with the program and not go off on those flights of fancy and understand Taoistically how to blend those two things in our life. Instead, we do either or or complete deadbeat pothead somewhere who isn't getting anything done. Uh, You know, a slacker, you know, all these different uh, stereotypes that are being, um, well, that are all over the Internet, all over the media, all over the movies, everything. Or the person that's sticking with the program but doesn't know who the hell their authentic self is. Right. So the problem with an American life is it goes either way versus a more Taoistic or shamanic perspective, which is to go forward with both, to let them learn from each other and in so doing maintain that uh, line of truth and authenticity that lives between them, that is the dynamic between them. But if there's no dynamic, then there's no authenticity. There's no place between. And so many of us at least here in America, if we live a typical American life, we will lose our connection to the true adventurer, the one who truly wants to go out and explore, to risk, to challenge things, to test the status quo. And so when we've lost that connection to the adventurer, first we need to find it and then in ourselves, and then we need to cultivate the adventurer's trust again. And without the adventurer, we have no place between the adventurer and the ego identity where that authenticity, that line of authenticity lives in that dynamic. So we have to cultivate a new relationship with our own adventurer. And the primary thing there is to reestablish trust with the adventurer. So what do you do? You go live your life. You go live your life in a way... That you show that you are trustworthy to the adventurer. You begin to listen. You go have some adventures. You think about those adventures and allow what happens in those adventures to inform you about who you are. You begin to show the adventurer day after day after day that you will listen. That you will go at times on the adventure, not every time, but sometimes, and you reforge that relationship. The only way to do that is to go have an adventure. So you've got to live your life. You cannot wait for your authenticity to arrive and show you who you need to be. You need to live your life, but live it in a way that invites your authenticity to sneak in. And show itself to you. So another hurdle in knowing our ath- authenticity is that we have a tendency in this culture, thanks to stimulants that are freely available, though legally and illegally, to go far beyond where we truly are. Energetically, most people override uh, their own energy stores daily. Daily. Um, now granted if you're 20 something that won't quite make sense to you if you're 18 or 20 because you've still got more energy than you know what to do with and we call that energy youth and bless your heart use it wisely I know I didn't Okay, but for the rest of us we don't have youth anymore to solve all of our problems we actually have a finite amount of energy in every moment and most of us overrun it by the end of the day And because of that, we live in such a state of energy depletion or chronic yin depletion that our authentic self would not hang out with us if we paid it because we are wiped out. And so here again is another hurdle to knowing our authenticity is until we cultivate some energy, we are not living in a state that cultivates authenticity. We are living in a state that involves lying to ourselves daily, saying, sure, I can stay and do that extra work. Sure, I can stay up and watch another hour of TV. Sure, I can be on my, you know, Google, computer, you know, phone, whatever it is that you're typing into for another three hours. I don't need that sleep. I'll just have a, you know, triple, quadruple latte tomorrow. I mean, we don't live in a way that is authentic to Ourself in the moment and we're sitting here wondering why can't I know my authentic self and I'm not just talking about my student there would not be so many life coaches there will not be so many self-help gurus out there and so much self-help material and there would not be so much some of the forms of therapy that are out there if there were not so many people desperate to identify their own authenticity How can you expect your authentic self to show up if you cannot be authentic in the moment with the energy you have for the day? It's fundamental. So what do you do? You need to live your life. You need to live your life in a way that cultivates authenticity. You may not know your authentic self yet, but you need to live in a way that cultivates authenticity of your energy, of your adventurer and of your expectations for what things will feel like. So this is the essence then of developing a true trust in oneself or to, to live authentically, small a authentically, not the capital A authentic self. But you, you need to live in a way that you can trust yourself. You can trust the choices you make about your energy, about your relationships, about whether you're going to go on that adventure or stick to the program, about whether or not you're going to feel or is it still too risky. That these are the kind of daily choices that we make that cultivate – where we do or don't cultivate our small A authenticity in the moment. And what most of us have to do if we're over 30, probably, um, but it definitely over 40, is wait. We need to live authentically, small, authentic choices day by day, and wait for the energy to come back. Make good choices and wait for the energy to come back. Wait for the trust to develop with the adventurer. Wait. For our ability to open the heart and not go tick, 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 I have an appointment with my authentic self, where is she? Where is he? I can't go forward until I know. It doesn't work that way, people. It begins by being authentic in our day, in our self from the inside out. And then that begins to create a life uh, from which our authentic self will sneak up on us. So in other words... The sum total of this part of the show is go live your life. Enjoy your life. Stop waiting around to know what your authentic self is. Live authentically in those small choices. And do what you love. Enjoy yourself. Cultivate good friends. Have a great time. Make fabulous mistakes. But you cannot wait. Because if you wait, you will cultivate the waiting self. (laughs) I'm sorry. But you will. That we cultivate our life through our actions. And if you want your authentic self at your table, then you must live day by day, small choices, authentically. All right. Now, so how do you do that? That's the big question, right? That's why all that stuff is out there on the internet, all over the place. Okay. So. (laughs) <laughs> I just got a message from a listener, it's funny, sorry Okay, so When I was just start- This is back 20 years ago 20 plus years ago So I was just starting to offer masks of illusion And the authentic self And like I said, I, I didn't know whether I was coming or going I was still learning everything frankly. Um, but the spirits had given me this workshop and told me to get out there and do it. And that was the only answer I was getting. So I did my best to do that. And now at the same time, I was living in Manhattan and I worked for a very, very short time for a man involved in the sort of new age industry. You know, the whole expos and books and that, that whole promotion thing. Um, and I'm not, um, denigrating it I just don't exactly know what to call it because it is kind of a big machine and I don't mean that negatively but it's just that whole thing of the books and the self-help gurus and the expos and the booths and the everything and he had taken this some self-help guru teacher's work absolutely to heart and he did exactly what he felt like doing whenever he felt like doing it and he didn't care at all what anybody thought. He took that message that we need to not allow ourselves to be shaped by the shoulds and the issues of life absolutely fully to heart and the man was a complete tyrant. He was horrible to work for. He was awful to people he, he because he was so incredibly selfish. And so this is part of the problem with the the message that is out there about your authentic self is that it is absolutely correct. And if all you do is follow that message, you will be a monster, you will be a tyrant because it's not the whole message, but it is a correct message. So it resonates truthfully in us and we do it And most of us don't do what this guy did, because granted, this was certainly not what his teachers were promoting. It was his interpretation of it. But it was a literal interpretation of what was being presented. I mean, when you argued with him about it, you couldn't break through the logic because it was a precisely literal translation of the teachings around how to be your authentic self. And it was horrible. Okay. So... The issue here is that we need to find something that we can root these truths because they are true. There's nothing wrong with them in and of themselves except that they have no root and they have no larger context. And so a person is left um, perhaps in a sense of their authenticity But that authenticity has been finally crafted by the false self. And so it's authenticity happening inside the bubble of the false self. So in other words, the false self of this man said, the way I can stay in control of these very powerful, truthful teachings is to allow you to find your own authenticity within my boundaries. Now, there is one way out of that. Uh, The simple way out of that is you have to rigorously look at your wake. Most people don't want to do that, but that's one way out of it. But that's not what I want to talk about on the show today. Um, So the issue here. Is that these processes promise a shortcut, promise a certain simplicity to finding your authentic self. And this comes up in coaching, in self-help guru teachings, um, and in some kinds of therapy. And again, the teachings themselves are for the most part correct, okay? Um, But they all set you up, you as the person who is seeking, set you up to start where you've not yet begun. And this is a thing my helping spirits offer up as, a, as an answer, as a remedy, uh, quite regularly. <laughs> Do not start where you have not yet begun. And what that means is diving into this question of authenticity, which is a completely valid question for an adult, a spiritual adult. But to dive into that question while you are still spiritually a child. And we've talked about this on many shows, and I'm not going to derail this show in that direction, but from a spiritual perspective, if we are not cooked through an initiatory experience that moves us from childhood to adulthood, then we age into adult years with the spiritual development of a child, which for those of you that have children know it's a beautiful thing. It is naive and innocent and exquisitely big and connected, but it is not functional for an adult in the world who must take responsibility for that relationship and for themselves and be able to cultivate a practice of self reflection etc cetera, etc etc and so the point spirit is making here around our authentic self is that we cannot start, we have not yet begun, and so our Path to authenticity begins with being willing to be cooked by spirit through initiation and become a spiritual adult, and that that then gives us. Then we have begun, and now we can begin to look for authenticity from the um, uh, a a correct context, correct in terms of will get you to success. Versus constantly seeking your authenticity from the unresolved needs and wants of the child, which are perfectly legitimate in childhood, but very unattractive in an adult. Okay. So authenticity is rooted in initiation. It is rooted in the, that transformation of the ego identity from child self to adult self. And for this, for initiation, to root your search for your authentic self, we need ritual. And the transformation that comes through the cooking in that ritual, and that it comes only when we are forced to finally surrender our attachment to where we are going and how we are getting there. And to let spirit take us. And so where do we go to find these rituals? We go to the ritual store. Right, <laughs> we go where our ancestors went to find the rituals to craft the rituals they 're not at the store they 're not codified. They went to the shaman or to whoever the spiritual teacher was of that age and i don 't mean religious spiritual teacher because there are rituals for transformation and initiation with um In traditions of magic and various and sundry other spiritual traditions. But the point is we need to go back to the time when humans understood initiation from childhood to adulthood. And that is thousands of years ago. And we can do that through shamanism. We have to ask the same questions of spirit and be given the rituals that will do that now. And the reason I can say this with 100% confidence is that this is what I do in my teaching so I know it can be done. I'm not saying you need, all need to come work with me because I'm the only person who can do this. That is not my point. My point is this is what must be done. And so you as the seeker must ask a shaman to help you to do this. And the shamans need to be able to say, well, I either can or can't based on their development. But it can be done. That's all I'm going to say today because I do it with people. And and I'm certainly, I'm just me, anybody else could too, but we must be willing to begin that journey, to begin that search for our authentic self at the beginning, which is become an adult first. Okay, so back to the internet. Here's a quote from the internet. Be your authentic self. Your authentic self is who you are when you have no fear of judgment. Or before the world starts pushing you around and telling you who you're supposed to be. Your fictional self is who you are when you have a social mask on to please everyone else. Give yourself permission to be your authentic self. That's from Dr. Phil. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that statement. Giving yourself permission to be your authentic self is an essential place to begin after initiation. Right? It could be called step one but what it does but what does it actually take to be your authentic self this quote starts with be your authentic self and then it says give yourself permission in my experience permission is essential but nowhere near sufficient to be your authentic self in other words for most people they can't just say i give myself permission to be my authentic self even if they truly do that to their very core Most people won't then begin to be their authentic self. That will not be clear at that point. There's a little bit more of getting out of our own way. There's another quote from the internet. If you can see your path laid out in front of you step by step, you know it's not your path. Your own path you make with every step you take. That's why it's your path. And this quote is from Joseph Campbell. So that's somewhat more helpful than Dr. Phil's quote. Not that Dr. Phil is wrong, once again, but it doesn't actually give us any way to be our authentic self. So uh, Joseph Campbell's quote is somewhat more helpful because at least it begins to set us up with a more realistic expectation. And it helps us to understand that if you can see the path fully laid out in front of you, then the ego identity is still running the show solo. Not that the ego identity is bad, because we're just going to assume for the rest of this show that the ego identity is healthy, that you've been initiated into your adult spirituality. So ego identity is a good thing. It's not a judgmental thing, but it can't run the show solo or you end up boring and bored. Okay, It's meant to run the show with the adventurer. Okay, so if you can see the path laid out before you step by step, then the ego identity is still running the show solo. And if you follow that path, and many people do, you will create a new, slightly more conscious version of exactly the life you are living right now, which is the one you were trying to figure out how to get out of. Okay? So if you see the path laid out for you clearly – Then you aren't listening to your soul, but seeing only through the wisdom of the mind, through the ego identity. Now, it can be a useful path. If you begin that path with absolute commitment, it may take you where you want to go as long as you are on that path with the understanding that that path will be edited and changed by the adventures that you must also take but if you stick to that little golden path laid out in front of you you will fail in finding your authenticity you might get to the end of the path but it will not be what you expect it to be because once again it is being seen only through the eyes of the wisdom of the mind or this ego identity flying solo Eh, It's not good enough. So a month or so ago, we had Will Tegel um, as a guest on the show, who is the author of Wild Heart. And Will was talking about how there are many selves sitting in the circle of our inner council of the adult. And that's part of how we know we actually have an adult running the show. Um, But it was a a, – Will's work in Wild Heart is a very valuable – Um, piece for us to understand about the adult spirituality is that there are many selves sitting in the circle of the inner council of the adult. The ego identity is not stuck running the show alone because I don't know if any of you are listening and you're the type of person that ends up being the one who always has to pick up the responsibility and accountability for everybody else who flakes. If you're one of those kind of people, you know, who's always ends up running the show alone, who always ends up doing that little bit. Nobody else will do let's be honest, because I'm one of those people, right? I get really irritated. And ultimately, if it keeps going on too long and I don't manage my boundaries, I get really angry, which means I'm not making good decisions, right? So if the ego identity is left running the show alone, it's going to get irritated and angry and stop making good decisions anyway. Nobody wants to do it all alone, and that's true inside of you. And the beauty of the adult psyche the beauty of the adult spirituality, it is is not caught up in the drama of the gifted child, where the child is the center of the universe. It is a beautiful thing in childhood. But as an adult, we recognize that it is the unknown that is in the center of all things. That is the great mystery. Not me. It's the great mystery running the show here. Certainly not me. (laughs) Definitely not me. And I can be in relationship with a great mystery if I sit at the council, at the table of the inner council, sit in that circle. And if I live in that way, my authenticity is at hand. So, if you see your path laid out before you clearly then you are seeing only with the wisdom of the spirit or the higher self. (gasps) Gasp, what did she just say? Yes, I said it, people. You are seeing only with the wisdom of your higher self. Ah, the sacred cow of the new age. There is nothing within you more easily hijacked by your false self, who is, by the way, exactly as smart and clever as you are, so there is nothing inside of you more easily hijacked by the false self than a supposed message from your higher self. I cannot tell you how many clients and students, and I've done this myself, but not for a while, how many clients and students I have listened to telling me about the perfect path they have been given by spirit or their higher self in some weekend class about how to live their authentic self. And as I listen to these blessed people they are lovely, good people. I watch them literally lifting off out of their bodies. That the path that we can see clearly, the one Joseph Campbell tells us, is not our path. The only, there's only two reasons we can see the whole path clearly. It's because we are looking only with the eyes of the mind or only with the eyes of spirit. No one part of ourself runs the show well or accurately alone. So it's not that I would dismiss a message from my higher self. I don't actually talk to my higher self much, by the way, but I understand it conceptually. So for those of you who do talk to your higher self, it's not that you should dismiss the message. You should take it to the council, take it to the table, take it to the circle and add it to the visions of the adventurer, of the ego identity, of the other other selves at the table. But just because your higher self lays it out for you does not mean it is the path, because if you can see it, it is not yours, as Joseph Campbell so wisely says. So here's another quote from the internet about the authentic self. The truth is that our finest moments are most likely to occur when we are feeling deeply uncomfortable, unhappy, or unfulfilled. (laughs) For it is only in such moments, propelled by our discomfort, that we are likely to step out of our ruts and start searching for different ways or truer answers. And this quote is from M. Scott Peck. My most powerful course corrections have come out of my despair. Or more precisely, my surrender and willingness to finally feel my despair, to acknowledge deeply that discomfort, and to allow that to motivate me to search for something truer. My most inspired course corrections have come out of my willingness to feel my broken heart, to feel my heart breaking by the boredom of the ruts in my life. My most accurate course corrections come when I feel the full emotional exhaustion of being nice and instead begin to live again as if I were to die tomorrow. There is no warriorship without discomfort. And there is no authenticity without warriorship. That that beautiful path shining before you delivered to you by your mind or your higher self will lead you to a new, slightly more conscious version of exactly the life you are living. If you want authenticity, you must be authentic with what you feel in your heart. Our hearts hold the compass. As long as we are unwilling to feel fully And to sort accurately the child feelings from the adult feelings, we are lost. We are awash and at sea in the story of the child. Again. Because we have already lived it. And yet so many people live it again and again and again. Because we are unwilling to allow ourselves the discomfort and to be cooked in initiation so that we might step out of that fire as the adult and see life differently we must feel and we must learn to clear the energies we carry that keep us from feeling as an adult but but instead keep us reacting as a child in an adult body and we must have even greater courage to feel from the place where the heart and the soul live as one. When we can live from this place, this place where the heart and soul live as one, we don't need despair to realign us. When we have been willing to feel and have cleared all the stories of the child and can feel that place in the heart, where the heart and soul live as one, we do not need heartbreaking boredom. To realign us, When we can live from this place in the heart, we do not need emotional exhaustion to realign us. Shamanism, when practiced authentically, operates from this place where the heart and soul are one. The cultivation of the ability to move from within yourself in the invisible world versus leaving yourself, as we are trained to do in meditations and other practices, but to move in this spirit world from your heart, forces us to move from that place, to, to, to do the most basic aspect of shamanism, which is to journey authentically, forces us to move from that place where the heart and soul are one. And so this most basic practice of shamanism, the regular journeying for yourself, teaches you how to be in the world authentically. And so there's nothing wrong at all with all that information that is out there about finding your authentic self. It just has no roots in initiation. And it doesn't have that ability to get to that place where the heart and soul live as one, that we can access so regularly and so easily through our own personal practice of the most basic shamanic skills in our own development of our own working relationship with spirit. More quotes. It is important. Oh, the important thing is this. To be ready at any moment to sacrifice what you are for what you could become. There's a bit of a debate about who actually said this, but it is one of my favorite quotes. To be ready at any moment to sacrifice, sacrifice what you are for what you could become. Another version of this from Joseph Campbell is we must be willing to let go of the life we planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. Oh yes, your authentic self is waiting for you. It is not so much about having a plan or knowing who you are or finding your soul's purpose as it is about how you live. How do you engage the day? Do you live? Do you make choices authentically or out of habit, out of need, out of the child's unfulfilled wants, out of expectation, out of shoulds, all those things that all of these other um, Life coaching and self-help gurus teach you. They do teach you that part. It's like I said, it's accurate information. But it's not so much about that as it is how you engage that in the day in the small choices. And the shamanic journey uh, is used to try to answer these questions all the time. People journey all the time to ask, who is my authentic self? What is my soul's purpose? What is the path to live authentically? Stop wasting your time. These are the wrong questions. Ask instead to be taken to the place where your heart and soul are one and listen to the song you will find there. When you learn that song, you will know your authentic self. Ask instead to be shown what would be missing for your descendants if you were to refuse to live your soul's purpose. See the shape of that hole in the world. And fill it. Then you will know your soul's purpose. Ask to be shown the primary fear that keeps you from knowing your soul's purpose and ask to be shown the seed of that fear. Do a ritual. Go back in time. Unplant that seed. Allow the knowing of your soul's purpose to blossom instead. Your soul's purpose already exists. You don't have to find it. You have to get out of its way. So these are the ways that we can approach our authentic self through shamanism, through basic shamanic skills. And this gives our authenticity not only roots in initiation a context in our relationship with the spirit world because we as a human are in context of this greater energy world that we live in if you search for your authentic self in the context of the cultural story you will misfire the story isn't big enough for you it's not big enough for me it's not big enough for any one of us The cultural story out there, the collective consciousness, that which you've been told by the world around you, reinforced through advertising and your disappointments and how your friends and loved ones spun the tale of what that meant, none of that's big enough for you and your authentic self. For you to find the context for your authentic self that is rooted in your initiation and shaped through the teachings that are correct. For you to find that context, you need to reach out as an energy being in the bigger energy world. And for that to happen in a good way, as a contemporary person who has very, very little training in what's really going on here energetically, you need a guide. And you all have guides. Every single one of us has guides. We all have helping spirits. What shamanism offers us is the simple skills for how to communicate with those guides. To help you to navigate that world where you are an energy being in an energy world. That is the context for that tree of your authenticity that grows within you in that dynamic tension between the ego identity and the adventurer. That tree that is rooted in your initiation from childhood to adulthood and that tree that grows strong by your choices or grows weak and falters by your choices. Your soul's purpose already exists. You don't have to find it. You have to get out of its way. Your authenticity is innate. It is like sovereignty. It simply exists beyond the reach of whatever did or didn't happen in your life. It can't be changed or damaged or lost. It is. It exists within you whether you choose to use it or not. Your authenticity was not lost. You were. It waits within you. And of course, the more you use it, the stronger that relationship grows, as with all things. So how do we do that? How, How can I be my authentic self? Dr. Phil says, how do I do that? In shamanism, we have a model for how to engage in something as infinitely complex and beautiful as a day in a life. This model is referred to as a shamanic cosmology, or a simplified version would be medicine wheel teachings. So what shamanism offers us then in the search for authentic self is a different story. So I don't have to search for my authentic self in the story of my culture, what was and wasn't given to me, and the faltering uh, reality and values that are out there. What shamanism offers me is a cosmology that puts me in context with the greater energies and is a cosmology that is great enough to contain my authentic self. You see, authenticity is simple. It exists. So all of the self-help stuff out there is true, but not sufficient, as it isn't deep and multidimensional enough to help you to discover the path, the path that you make with every step you take for how to be your authentic self so the authentic self is rooted in initiation in that transformation of the ego identity from child self to adult self and for this we need ritual and for ritual we need shamans to craft those rituals and they can and they are all around you Once the authentic self is rooted in the initiated adult, the authentic self draws nourishment from the earth, and the earth is the wisdom of our body, freed from the distorting fears and unresolved needs of childhood. The authentic self also draws nourishment from the sky, which is the wisdom of spirit, available to us through our actions taken to cultivate a working relationship with spirit. So rooted in initiation and nourished through the wisdom of the body, the wisdom of the heart, the wisdom of spirit, the authentic self cannot help but bear the fruit of your soul's true purpose. For that tree of your authentic self will grow strong. Rooted in initiation, drawing nourishment from earth and sky of you. Your authentic self cannot help but bear the fruit of your soul's true purpose. So thank you everyone for listening here today. I thank the spirits around us, the ancestors, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. Next week we're going to answer some listeners, or do our best to answer some listeners' questions about healing and how do we heal. we will take a look at the four bodies, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual from a shamanic point of view, and we'll look at how we get ill. What is illness from a shamanic point of view, and why do we each need to care about our own healing? So for those of you who haven't found it yet, know that all of the archives of the show are at shamanismnow.com. If you're interested in classes um, and teachings with me, you can go to lastmaskcenter.org. The website is being updated as we speak, and there are fall and winter classes starting now. Many of the series are beginning again. Um, you can find the show's page on Facebook, and I encourage you to share the show with friends and to send in questions. So thank you all for listening here today. And I invite you all to spend today asking, am I being authentic in this choice? Not big A authenticity, but a small A. Am I being authentic? And use the day to cultivate your relationship with your authentic self. Thank you, everyone. This is Co-Creator Network New Thought Talk Radio that rocks. Don't be <laughs> afraid of